Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi there, I'm Zach Graff. And I'm Donald Faison. We're real-life best friends, but we met playing fake-life best friends, Turk and JD, on the sitcom Scrubs. 20 years later, we've decided to re-watch the series one episode at a time and put our memories into a podcast you can listen to at home. We're going to get all our special guest friends like Sarah Chalk, John C. McGinley, Neil Flynn... Judy Reyes. Show creator Bill Lawrence, editors, writers, and even prop masters will tell us about what inspired the series and how we became a family. You can listen to the podcast Fake Doctors, Real Friends with Zach and Donald on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Merch Table was founded by artists just like you. We've slept on floors, played for everyone and no one, broken up, gotten back together, and taken everything we learned along the way to build a group of people who put creativity first so you can play while we work. Visit MerchTable.com to learn more about our merchandising and online store solutions. And welcome to another week of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm Ray Harkins, your ever-present host, and also my son is here. Hello. <laughs> my son is liking to record these intros with me as well. But what I am here to tell you is that we've got a great show this week. Of course, it's a great show every week, right? <laughs> uh, this week in particular, it is Brent Mills, the vocalist from a band called Greyhaven from Louisville, Kentucky. They put out a record on Equal Vision that is really good, and they have some cool touring coming up, and they're just going to be in your face a lot more, which is a good thing. And I really enjoyed the band. 
my f- close friend of mine manages the band, asked me if I would like to have someone from the band on the show. And I was like, you know what? Let's dive in. I like the record. So hold on. Got, got to talk about some other things first. But first of all, the feedback that I got from last week's episode was spectacular. You really, really enjoyed the discussion that I had with Scott Krause from Earth Crisis about their individual records. And, you know, it was a long one. It was like a two hour episode, but, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I I heard from people who I hadn't heard from in quite some time saying, Hey, great show. And you know, whether it's over text or email or Instagram or whatever the case may be. Um, I just really appreciate that. So keep sharing that episode. It's a really good one. So I would encourage you to do that. Um, what else do I have to tell you? Uh, you can of course rate review this particular podcast on, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to it, the more feedback you give from that perspective, it uh, differentiates us from all the other shows that exist out there. So yeah, please do that. And of course, you can always email the show, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, that's that's all I want to tell you. But Brent Mills, like I said, is the uh, vocalist for Grey Haven. Really good band. I got to dive in deep with him about uh, the Louisville music scene. And then um, the competitive nature that sometimes exists with bands, because like, you know, when you are a smaller slash mid-level band, sometimes you sometimes you feel weird when your friends bands get a tour and you're like, oh, man, we should have got that tour. And yeah, all that stuff. But yeah, Brett and I go in deep on that. So that's what we got. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to not going to beat around the bush. Here's the conversation. OK, and I'll talk to you, of course, after the episode is over. Yeah, so the our a very good mutual friend of ours, Mr. Tom Williams, was the one who yeah. put you guys on my radar, and um, you know I checked it out, and I was uh, I, I'll be you know very honest in saying that the you know the progressive metal moniker that gets uh, you know placed on you guys, um, you know sometimes I'm just like oh uh oh I don't know if I'm because I'm whatever I'm a punk and a hardcore kid so like. I, I, yeah, I, like, right? I like very select bands that are kind of lumped into the genre, so to speak. And, you know, yeah, it's funny when they, when they say progressive, because I'm like, well, I don't, I know a lot of prog bands, but I don't think we sound a lot like them, but I, I guess I understand that we don't make any sense either. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, and honestly, I mean, that, that's a very valid thing where the, you know, usually when you collect people together that start, you know, making music like through whatever prism they view the world in, you know, whether it's like, Oh yeah, I'm a metal kid that I play pop punk or whatever. It's like, that happens all the time. Um, but like you said, there are certain, uh, classifications that definitely can prevent people who probably would like your band, but it's just like, Oh yeah. a progressive metal band. Whereas like, if you were just called a metal band, people might check it out. Like, does that do you find that happening to you guys at all, or is that something that kind of just like sticks in your head and you're like, well, I can't do anything about it? Well, it, it's kind of funny because so many different people will say so many different things to us about like whatever um, box they're they're trying to put us in with with their words. But I feel like everybody that's even saying that is just going off whatever recent thing they they read or something probably like whatever was attached to us when they read it might make them 
use that word when they're talking to us. But I feel like everybody understands that, like, we don't really know what's going on. It's just a lot of different avenues uh, happening in the in the world that is Fairhaven. So it's like whatever genre gets tacked on is it, it's fine. Like, I don't really care. I don't think any of us really care. We're not really aiming to be um, – we're not trying to please any of those genres, so it doesn't really matter, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean that's not that's not the aim, but yeah, I, yeah, we're just writing wild music, right. whatever you want to call it. <laughs> sure, yeah, it's like whatever, whatever label gets put on us, like we will, um, you know, we'll accept it to a certain extent, and then as long as you like it, like that's all we care about. Yeah, sure. If you want to like throw us in just some random categories, we'll try and like own it for a sec. Like, sure, we're pop. <laughs> sure, sure, we're country. <laughs> Why not? Sure, sure. Yeah, you're like that's that's something you can't control. So that's what right. other people put on you. Um, I'd like to focus on Louisville because I mean, clearly that's where you guys are from and where you're based. Uh, were you born and raised there, or did you come up elsewhere? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I mean, we all are pretty much um, Kentuckiana. You know, like Ethan and Nick are both from Southern Indiana, but spent a lot of time down in Louisville, like growing up and stuff, and me and Johnny were born and raised down here. So we've all, the music scene was happening like in Louisville. So we all kind of integrated to that. So as far as coming up in music, I think we all would, would classify Louisville as our, our home. Sure. Sure. And the, uh, were like your own personal experience, were you like actually raised in the city or were you raised in kind of the suburbs surrounding Louisville? Yeah. Like different little um, suburbs and small neighborhoods and stuff. Like we moved around, not, a lot, but, um, enough to where, like, I went to three different elementary schools, you know? Um, and then we moved in middle school and then we moved, and I, I was in high school, but I was kind of around the same area still the whole time. I still went to school with roughly the same people, even though we moved. Um, but I was in the city frequently just because it was only like 15, 20 minute drive from wherever I was living. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So you, you experience, I mean, it, it definitely seems to be the case with a lot of Midwest towns that, you know, even if you don't live, you know, in the central downtown area, it's like you obviously end up there because that's where, you know, things are to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not like Chicago or New York where you like the city so massive that there's so many people that actually just live in the actual city. I know there's neighborhoods that are in downtown and stuff like that for sure, like large blocks of neighborhoods. But um, for the most part, it almost seems like the city of Louisville is all the the big buildings that they need to call it a city, and then all just small neighborhoods. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I I mean I've always personally had an obsession over that city just because it has such a rich musical tapestry that's been weaved over it. Like I mean, from I'm like 38 years old. So I started to get into punk and hardcore and like, you know, I don't know the mid nineties and like yeah. a label, like initial records where it was just like, and then crazy fest and like all the things that were happening in that area. It just, blew, uh, yeah. it just blew my mind because it was like, you know, most people look at the Midwest as being the, you know, the, clearly they call it the flyover States. And it's like, but there's so much exciting things happening. And like Louisville was like totally at the center of, you know, so much creative energy. Yeah. My parents were teenagers in the nineties and very like, um, stuck 
on on the music scene that was happening and my mom tells me stories all the time about the like the glory days of the local bands in, in Louisville uh mentioning bands like Flint and Evergreen and 1111 and all those kinds of bands like it, it's cool I've always like known about it and my parents played music and stuff too so like it's always been um very special to me to be like around Louisville and get to play music in Louisville my, my dad likes to point out different little hallmarks that he thinks are cool because he has you know little history lesson notes to give me when we do anything that parallels or play somewhere that he's like oh it's cool you played here because of whatever you know? wow that's <laughs> that's pretty cool that they were um, yeah. aware of a lot of that you know even though you know a band like slint was you know obviously pretty kind of popular at the time but you know they still were underneath the surface in many different ways so that's cool that your parents were really keyed into that oh yeah it it makes for um it made for some interesting car rides like as a child you know like riding around in the in the soundtrack you got with you is like uh sun springs and flint and evergreen (laughs) yeah don't really understand like this isn't on the radio how do i hear this music like it didn't make any sense to me growing up no. But. Well, the, yeah, that, that stuff is, um, yeah. I mean, Spiderland is like, you know, a, an incredible record, but like, you know, to a five or six year old, it's like, what the heck is this? <laughs> this isn't music. Yeah. Well, when you're a kid, like everything's so kind of, um, especially I guess as you get older and you're so distant from it, it kind of feels like a dream, but, uh, like being a kid, like everything's so new and like music like that, it's so, uh, entrancing, you know? So like, being a kid wandering around and hearing those songs and you can't remember where you heard them when you're like a teenager. And like, there was a good block of time where I was separated from that record. Cause I didn't know what it was. Like my dad would play it all the time, but I had a period of time where I wasn't around my dad for a while. And, uh, it really wasn't until, uh, I think I, him and I had reconnected and he had just put it on once. And I was like, Oh my God, like, Whoa, hold on. These are the songs I haven't heard since I was like five or six. And they were like so impactful. Like I remember what's going to happen next. And yeah, that record is incredible. Yeah. No, that's really, that's such a, yeah, that's just a really cool experience. I I like that story because yeah, it doesn't, you know, it's not, that's not very common. Like I can't, just the concept of, of my mother listening. Like I always remember (laughs) I tried to, I, like, and I'm sure you experienced this maybe to a certain extent, or you had friends that did this where it's like, you know, once you kind of dove into the independent music scene and you started to like, you know, get into a bunch of different bands or whatever, like I, so actually this ties back to Louisville. I remember, or Louisville, sorry, I don't want to sound like a West coast person, Louisville. There we go. Yeah. Put some marbles. Put some marbles in You'll get it right. Thank you. But I remember (laughs) getting into, uh, Elliot and that record false cathedrals. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful record. And I just remember being excited because I was like, I think my mom will be into this. And then like, I bought it for her and like, I gave it to her and she listened to it. She's like, what is this? I don't understand this. I'm like, damn it. It's beautiful, mom. Yeah. Yeah. I had, uh, I had that moment with my mom once I got to be like a teenager and I started, you know, getting into all the music that I was separated from that was new, like all the stuff that was happening when MySpace was coming up. And I remember trying to show my mom some of that music and she was like, what happened to you? <laughs> what did you, <laughs> what, so cool. what band did you show her? What, like you had to have shown her oh, something. Oh, I couldn't hilarious. even remember. I think oh. I had started to show her like Bless the Fall and like oh, Bullet yeah. for My Valentine or sure. something like that. Sure. You know? 
of course. Oh, yeah. showing her a Charlotte Drive for the first time was, was cool. Yeah, he was super stoked on that. Well, especially too because I, I liked. I, I honestly, I really like that you mentioned those bands because, like, in your head, you know, clearly you like the you know aggressive parts of it combined with melody. Like, you know, it all makes sense. And yeah. you, you, like in your kid brain, you're like. Oh, like there's pretty singing, so like my parents probably would like this. Like, listen, and they're like, "What the hell is this?" I was just so like excited that it was something I hadn't heard before. Like it was right that when that scene was kind of coming up. Like, obviously, they borrowed a lot from metalcore that was going on like in the early 2000s, and then put their own like the emo kind of twist on it that turned that into what it was. But I wasn't aware of that. It was like 14, 15, you know. Like, I had no concept of what early 2000s metalcore was. No. I was just seeing stuff on my face. Totally. I it was cool and new. Right. Um, so showing my mom, I was like, hey, listen to this music I've never heard before. She was like, Brett, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I love that. Um, yeah. And what was what was like the the makeup of your household? Like you know, you, you mentioned you spent some time away from your father. Like, did you have brothers and sisters? Were your parents divorced? Like, what was the scenario? So, I mean, like I said, they were teenagers in the '90s, and I was born in '92, so they were very young. Whenever, uh, whenever they had me, our mom was like 15, my dad was 17. So you know, teenagers and kids don't don't really mix. So they just didn't didn't work out after uh, a year or two, and. Um, so I pretty much lived with my mom and uh, she had had boyfriends and stuff. So like I have, I have four brothers actually. I have three brothers that I grew up with um, in the house with me at all times. And I have another brother with my dad um, who he lived kind of with on my dad's side the whole time. So my household growing up mostly was me and my mom and my three brothers and a bunch of dogs and cats. And uh, for the longest of it, my youngest brother's father, uh, Aiden, uh, my little brother Aiden, his dad would live with us for like 16, 17 years or so. Like they, they just split up a few years ago. So that was mostly what I was around. Wow. Yeah. So a, a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of things. Right. Yeah. A lot of, uh, like, did you. I, I mean, I had a similar experience, except it was, uh, you know, I lived with my mom and then, you know, spent time with my dad. And I always remember how, you know, like ages eight to like, I don't know, 12 or so when you started to understand, like, you know, the human to human relationship of people dating and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And like my dad would, you know, like take me on dates and stuff like that just to, you know, like go miniature golfing or whatever. Um, but yeah. I remember how like it, it was just a weird experience. Like, I don't know if you, I mean, it sounds like you probably had maybe not going out on dates or whatever, but like, you know, similar-ish experiences. Oh, yeah. No, it was always just kind of a little bit confusing, you know? Like, there'd be someone around for a while and you'd get attached to them and then there would be uh, some reason that they would be gone. Um, usually valid reasons. Um, sure. There was, because my parents grew up super young and we were broke, you know, there's just that typical archetype, I guess, is just people that got into the wrong thing, got into drugs and stuff around. So like sure. when those people would cause problems, my mom didn't want that to be around us anymore. So that was great. But, um, it wasn't really too awkward. Like I remember growing up was actually pretty cool. Like 90% of the time it was, it was pretty cool, but it was just always different. And when I reconnected with my dad, that, that was exactly like you said, it was around when I was like 11, 11 or 12 or so. And I had, uh, I guess the, just the waters had cooled with my parents and I started seeing them every weekend 
and at the same time, I had decided that I wanted to start playing uh, playing music. So I got a guitar. My opa actually got me a guitar for Christmas, my first guitar. And uh, when I would go see my dad every weekend, he would like teach me songs and stuff. So that was where we like really bonded. And of course, that's when he starts telling me all these stories about growing up and Louisville music scene. And I just like fell in love with it all over again. Like I loved it as a kid, but I was away from it for so long. And then sure. when we reconnected, I had like a new appreciation for it. I hadn't heard any of those songs. Like I said, it was like a, a good eight years or so between I'd ever heard any of the songs. It was really cool. Yeah, no, that's a, that is a cool experience. It also is a cool experience when you are able to, um, you know, like reconnect with a loved one in a way that you, you know, didn't originally understand like, Oh, like, wow, I can bond with this person over, you know, sports or guitar or whatever. Like yeah. just ha- once you like actually create a relationship as opposed to like just being a member of the family, that's when it, it's like, Oh, this is like special. This is really cool. Yeah. It was a really special connection between like me and my mom, my dad, um, all through music. Like I think we're really, really close because of it. Cause we were all like super nerdy about it and like, we'll geek out about records and, <laughs> Like me and my dad are both like um, collectors of sorts when it comes to vinyl and posters and stuff like that. So I, I feel like it's this unspoken competition sometimes when I go over there and he's like, "Look what I just got," and I'm like, "Yeah, well, look what I just got." Like <laughs> it, it's it's fun, you know? Like, yeah, you're right. You're you're both into the same things, which is like you know that's a real. Yeah, it's a bonding moment, and it it, yeah. it also, and I'm sure you notice this too. Like the moment that you start to view your parents as like human, that's when it's like, oh yeah, like they don't like they don't know what they're doing either. Like I don't know what I'm doing. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Like we're all just it makes like a lot of things right. um, make sense when you accept that that your parents and and the rest of your family I and mean, everybody. It, it when you open up and realize that everyone is is just a human trying to to figure it out. It, it makes a lot of, a lot of things make sense and you can forgive a lot of things that way too. You know, like going back to childhood, just being a little bit crazy. Like my dad being gone for a while, like it was once I realized like my dad's just a human and like some things were out of his control. Some of them were some choices he made were good somewhere. And here we are. And now we have a great relationship. So like, I don't need to hold on to anything like that. Like, you were a human being or 17. I don't know how I would have handled that at all. Like, right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, yeah. You have to, I think you have to, I think it's weird to, uh, that we like almost separate that, you know, like there is this thing that people kind of put on you that, Oh, you, you can't, they almost dehumanize your parents sometimes, you know, it's just an authority figure half the time. Mm-hmm. Like supposed to love care for you and you listen to them. Like, well, yeah, but like you should learn from them from their mistakes too, you know, like, not, I don't know. It's yeah. just the whole, uh, yeah, no, it's a, totally. It's like you, you, you love and respect your parents and you look up to them and you look up to them as role models. And then, you know, when you find out they're flawed individuals, it, you know, you have to recalibrate. You're like, okay, well they make mistakes. And, you know, I, I think to your point, when you are honest about this with your children at whatever age and just like, Oh yeah. Like I, I, you know, I, I know more than you because you're like, you know, 10, but I still 
there's a lot of things I don't know, <laughs> you know, just yeah. like that sort of level playing field where it's like, yeah, I'm more advanced than you, but that doesn't mean that I'm perfect. Cause clearly I'm not. So that's cool. It's just, I, I like that, that, that uh, relationship you were, that real relationship yeah. you were able to create. That's cool. It's, it's hard to like kind of explain it some, because I feel like it is a little bit of a unique scenario where like my mom and I like, kind of grew up together, you know? So like we, we felt really probably more equal than most like parents and their kids do because we both had to like hold shit down. You know, like my mom was relying on me a lot to like help out with the house. Like you need to help me keep some order around. So like, um, she was super honest with me about everything always growing up, like probably more so than more parents would be with their kids. And that helped me understand my mom as like a human being, like for the majority of growing up, like, I could like understand some of the things that we had to, we had to do. Totally. No, that's cool. And and so, like you said, music was such a, you know, integral part to your life and, you know, your parents raised you around it. Um, and like you said, you know, once you kind of got into the, you know, the, the MySpace era of those bands and stuff like that, was that when you kind of felt like you started to, you know, I guess, author your own taste in a way? Was that the first time you kind of felt like, Oh wow, I'm finding out about these bands that. Oh yeah. Okay. Like, a friend of mine had uh, come up to me on the bus in middle school, and like it was really funny because he just walked up to me and was like, "Hey, you play guitar, right?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "My cousin just got a bass for Christmas, and I just got a drum set. Do you want to start a band?" It's like, "Yeah." So I started playing with these kids, and um, they were the ones showing me that like there were still local bands in Louisville. You know, like you could go to shows. Like they went to shows all the time. They had friends that played shows and bands and uh, I didn't know that that was a thing I didn't know I could drive 30 minutes to a venue and, and hang out with kids that listen to music and, and watch shows as often as I wanted to so that was life-changing um, but then also you know they were teenagers finding out about new music so they were the ones showing me like MySpace and where to find these bands and I would just constantly be asking like who is this like who are you listening to like how did you find that and oh yeah it's it, I was addicted for a while, you know, like anything that remotely sounded like it had breakdowns and screams and it was, it had, you know, 30 likes on my space or whatever. I was about it. I was like trying to find any and everything I could, you know, it just felt like an endless well of new music. It was awesome. Yeah, no, that's really, <laughs> I love that feeling, you know, just the enthusiasm of you talking about it right there. It really, um, it is so exciting when you, you know, lift up that rock and you start to find all of these bands and then you start to feel yeah. like you go down rabbit holes where you're just like, wow, dude, I'm like seven steps removed from the band that is like huge. And then like you're talking about where it's like, dude, I just found this band that has like four plays on MySpace and like, they're so unique, you know? <laughs> so good. Yeah. Some of them were so good, you know? Totally. It weird. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And it, and did you find, you know, because most people opine about the idea of, you know, music discovery changing over time where it was like, oh, yeah, you had to read the thanks list and like, you know, whatever, f- do a lot of research to that. But, uh, you know, in my opinion, e- even though like I existed in that era of reading thank you lists, like I also found the idea of digitally tripping across these bands kind of just as exciting and obviously easier, but like, I don't know, like it's just a different experience. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's inevitable that things and mediums um, are going to change always, you know, like the way people find music is always going to 
evolve because I just think that our our mediums are forever going to be evolving. You know, like we're I don't know how people are going to find music in the future with some weird ether esque touchscreen, touchless whatever. I don't know. I couldn't even begin to tell you what kind of no device shit we'll have, but like some people get really. Um, upset that that's how people find music but how are how else are they supposed to like the bands that we're talking about and the scenes that we're talking about and these kids that are like 13 14 years old like they have the internet they have the phone they have their you know, phones at their fingertips and their friends are telling them to go youtube this or go soundcloud that well yeah they're gonna do that there's no zines um i mean there's not no zines there's plenty of DIY zines out there now, which I think is awesome that's coming back. But that was the staple. Like, you got a magazine, you looked through the magazine, you saw the new releases, and if they were like, the artwork was cool, the band name was cool, and you wanted to find out about it, like, you figured out a way to go find that CD. Um, at least that's what I've heard. I didn't get to do that. I was all, all, my, all my space for the most part. But that was it. I'd go to bands, find their friends friends list and just keep going down and click on all eight or open up eight tabs and just check them out like i don't know like, yeah it's exciting it's totally exciting like it was especially when you're you're young like it's addicting it feels like magic because half of us i feel like in in the age group that we're at like probably just now getting a laptop probably having like a family computer in the living room or something like that when you're looking through these bands like right. that's what i was doing for sure yeah, I didn't have my own computer. I was sitting at the library, like on my face, trying <laughs> to find new music. Totally, totally. Yeah, and it's it, it's it, it's all just a different discovery tool and discovery mechanism. And like, yes, in certain respects, it was easier, but it's not to say that you weren't putting work into it because you were. Yeah, <laughs> you were totally work. People don't give people enough credit about being just as excited. Yep. Um, now about music as they were in any other generation. Like we, there's different ways that we operate, but like I- the show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small. Like man, that parking space, it's always taken, and I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of you know this person that maybe you know is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Ray. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I don't think that kids nowadays are, are any less excited about music than any other generation prior. Like, like, especially right now, like right now, there's so many cool bands happening and like actually like growing right now. Like it's insane. And some of the bands that have been around for a while and taking a hiatus are coming back. Like He Is Legend and Daughters making an appearance again on the scene is insane like and they're fucking putting out some of the coolest stuff that they've put out like music right now is incredibly exciting yeah totally i agree yeah you just gotta you just gotta look for it and stay engaged that's the only way yeah support for today's show comes from sonos who is the best thing ever my son would agree yeah <laughs> but uh, we have our entire house outfitted with Sonos. We have it in the downstairs living room. We have it in my son's room. And we also just recently got a Sonos bar for our TV that sounds spectacular. We're, we're get, still getting it dialed in in regards to um, you know how it's working with our TV and the rest of our system. But man, it is so easy to set up. You can open the box and within five minutes, you will be connecting it to your existing Wi-Fi network and streaming your favorite music through there. It has changed the way that I listen to music and I think it'll change yours as well. So please go to Sonos.com, check out their entire line of speakers. It's amazing. And they also have this really, really cool feature called True Play in which you set up your speaker and you tune it to that particular room. You use your iPhone and you walk around using the microphone and it, uh, you know, detects the contours of the room and it tunes it perfectly. So your speaker will sound absolutely incredible in that room. So Sonos is hands down the best speakers I have ever listened to in my entire life. And yeah, 
there's no reason that you should not have one, two, three, four, maybe even 40 in your house. Okay. I know that's a little exaggeration, but still Sonos is the best Sonos.com. And you will find the speaker that will make you listen to music in a different way. Thank you very much, Sonos. So I'm going to guess that like once you started to, you know, take a deep dive and, you know, really, really get into music and, you know, start to go to shows and experience all of that. Did the idea immediately kind of click in your head that, yes, I'm going to play in a band that is like my goal? Or did that just kind of come about sort of casually over time? I think um, I talk about this a lot. Like I uh, was like 10, 11 years old watching probably some tape that my dad put together and then it's a bunch of Nirvana performances but like I remember watching this tape every weekend of my dad's and I was just like I'm gonna do that like period like I don't really give a shit about literally anything else that's what I'm gonna do um and my dad kind of gave me the tools to make that like real like when I would tell him I wanted to play music he was like well if you're gonna play music you need to learn how to play music and he would keep me in check I would come to his house like every weekend and not have any progress on the guitar <laughs> playing the riff the same way I played it last weekend. He told me like, you're not practicing and I can tell. I mean, he, uh, he really made me work on it as a discipline, but he like also, he was in bands. He, he had been on a tour too, you know, he kind of dipped his feet into being able to do that. So he's like, all of these things you're talking about, like are, are real. Like you might not jump on MTV, like as soon as you start doing it and you'd, definitely don't want to but um it's a real thing like people are working musicians that tour and enjoy themselves like it's it's definitely very real so my dad was really supportive the whole time and as soon as i started talking about it it was just like staying in that fire for sure like that's funny mom too but like it was always something i was interested in and once it became viable i just took it and run with it like didn't have any interest in anything else. Sure, no, that's cool. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a you know clearly an a, a opposite reaction from the way that many parents treat. Like, yeah, hey, uh, I'm gonna play in a band. Most parents are like that's cool, but just like don't let it, you know, like go go badly or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they're very vocal about like this is a hobby until it's not. But I just didn't ever agree with that. Which, <laughs> I mean, I agreed with it. I understood why they were saying that. Like. You don't want your kid just going out there and being a little bit blind, like I'm going to be a rock star and let themselves kind of go to ruin. But uh, they, they're pretty healthy about it. Like I went to school, you know, like I, I did all the things I was supposed to do. And as long as I was doing that, they let me do whatever I want as far as music goes. So that was our, our deal. That's very Don't cool. Don't get into too much trouble and, and you're all right. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I'm going to guess that Grey Haven was not your first band. Like you probably played in a bunch of bands before that. Oh, yeah. Like that middle school band I, I'd mentioned before. And then like I had a bunch of uh, basically different reincarnations of that with the same people. That It all pretty much sounded like middle kid, middle kid music. You know, it wasn't anything um, very cool, but it was always cutting our teeth like everything that i had uh, been a part of we at least tried to play shows and that was something that i um wasn't used to before that so from then it was like okay picking up new pieces to this puzzle every time i try to do this thing so by the time gray haven came along it's probably my fifth sixth like band and Got we it. were pretty 
yeah, we had toured a little bit in, in a prior band and, and kind of knew what we were doing a little bit enough that we thought we could like maybe do this one right from the beginning, you know, like maybe we could like start off on the right foot this time. Sure. Instead of sure. just like going into the fire and just getting fucked up the whole time. And then like, Oh, that was fun for a minute. It took years to be fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. Totally. So what, um, what, I, I guess what stylistically was that, that band that, you know, you guys were playing out a little bit and you know, what, what were you going for? I think that's kind of been a consistent theme that, um, we've never really thought about that. Like every kind of group I've been in has just kind of been whoever's in the room doing whatever instrument they pick up and seeing what happens. Um, when I would show up at band practices with my dad and like we would have jam sessions and stuff on the weekends, that was kind of always how it went. Just like, don't even think about it. Just like, let's just play something. If you have something you're working on, let's, let's jam it. And um, I think I brought some of that mentality to every, every band I've been a part of too. Like, we don't really have to think about it too, too much. Like, let's just kind of start throwing ideas out there. And if we like something collectively, then we'll, we'll move forward. Cause if we all four like it, then it represents all four of us. And, um, that, that's pretty much our sound then, you know, like, sure. Well, we're doing it. Right. Well, it definitely sounds like you guys are, are what I would classify as like, you know, everything but the kitchen sink band where, you know, you guys are, <laughs> yeah. you guys are throwing a bunch of riffs in a blender, uh, you know, kind of cut like, honestly, they're a band, like the, the kinship that I see with bands from like the late nineties where it's, or late nineties, early two thousands, like, um, th- that band, God forbid, like their first record determination. Um, there's a lot of similarities I see with you guys and them. And there's this other random band that, uh, I highly doubt you have heard just because they, you know, they really didn't do very much. There's this band called locked in a vacancy. They're from the New yeah. York area, but it was just like the whole palette of like heavy music from yeah like you know anything under that umbrella you guys would throw into there and it sounds like that has always been kind of the case even before gray haven yeah i mean we did it super poorly sure <laughs> always sure. right right, right. You know? and we could we could definitely start mentioning we might not have pulled it off the best couple times with some of the stuff we did with gray haven but we we, we definitely always tried and it was always very much so like we were committed to whatever we were doing, like whatever ideas we decided we were going to like actually do and work on, like we were committed to making it sound uh, the best that it could. Uh, and that's, that's the fun of it. You know, I was always a big fan of bands that like didn't really give a shit about um, this song or that song. It's just like, this is just what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, sure. but I think, one of the things that um, made that super easy too is a lot of uh, me and my friends grew up with uh, just being huge System of a Down fans, and like hypnotize and mesmerize are so insane. Like I don't even know how to describe those records to this day. I don't know a record that that parallels those two records. And uh, I, I would think that almost our whole group would agree that like, this, it, at least there's just nothing else that sounds like that. Yeah. And so we kind of thought it was like fine. Sure. No, it is. Yeah. yeah it, that honestly, that's a very interesting prism because I, I think a lot of people can look at System of a Down now and obviously appreciate what they did and, you know, put them up 
in the same, you know, ecosystem as bands like Rage Against the Machine and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, but it is interesting because it's like most people, like as System of a Down started to, you know, pop with toxicity and stuff like that, people were just like, like, this is, this, this is terrible. Like, I don't understand this yeah. at all, but like, but it, it, the fact that it was so massively successful, like it broke a lot of people's brains. And uh, yeah. yeah, I just, I, I see what you're talking about though. Oh, it was enormous. Like I, I remember being, talking about being a kid again, like my mom was the one who bought toxicity and brought it home. Like she's the one that put it on in the car. I was like, listen to this fucking record I just found. And me and my brothers were like, losing our shit five six years old like just losing our minds to that record so like i remember being in middle school and my friend matthew wrote down in my agenda when uh hypnotized came out and i went and got it like that day um yeah they were they were huge for me man they were just enormous my my dad actually took me to see them for warp tour oh six nice like, i was 14 so, like so cool. they're massive man like they're, they're one of those bands that like we don't obviously strive to sound like them because that would be painfully obvious and horrible. We would just not do that justice at all. But they're definitely like, when we think we're getting a little too out there, it can kind of be like, well, I mean, look at all the bands that we, we love so much, Dillinger and System and Converge and Daughters and stuff. And we're like, they did it. Like, we're not trying to do that, but like they went there. Let's, let's, uh, let's go for it, you know? Let's just do our thing. See if it works. Totally. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. That, and it's, um, so at, you know, at most bands that kind of exist in the space that you do where, you know, like you, you've done touring, you know, you put out a record on a reputable label and, you know, you guys still are not at, and not, not at home anywhere, you know, like there's no bill, yeah. that, there's no bill that you play on where it's like, Oh, this makes like complete and total sense. Um, right. and so, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys are obviously used to that at this point. Um, does it become, I guess, uh, uh not frustrating, but does it become like kind of, you know, oh man, that's a, that's a bummer that we'll, we can't find like the complete right fit anywhere. Um, or maybe you do find a fit and it, you know, like you're not able to do as many dates as you'd like to do with the band or is it, you know, you guys are just following your North star of being, you know, metallic weirdos. Yeah, I think we definitely take the, the North star approach for sure, because we're always kind of, um, we're always just kind of sticking to our, to ourselves. Um, as far as, I mean, we're not going to change anything, you know? So if we're not going to change anything, we might as well own it. And, um, honestly, I don't think we've really, um, experienced a lot of moments where it's, it's actually felt like, uh, it's gotten in the way of anything. I mean, there's, there's definitely shows where um, we'll play a primarily like hardcore show and we're the one weird band on the bill. And, uh, you know, sometimes people don't really know what to make of it, but, and that, that can feel like, Oh man, like there's, there's a lot of people here. And it, it seems like um, maybe more people than we thought weren't as, uh, weren't as on board, but we almost get, um, the opposite response once we you know, like stop playing and start talking to people, like people were like, no, yeah, I just didn't know what the hell was going on, you know, but I liked it. And it's like, oh, well, I can understand that. Um, but we, we kind of really enjoy the, the multi-genre aspect. You know, we've played shows with indie bands and 
we love that. We like playing with our friends in super heavy bands and those shows are super fun. And I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of love the fact that we can play anywhere and we either like freak people out or they're just all about it. And that, I love that actually. Like I kind of, I kind of love just. You thrive off that. Yeah. I mean, you might as well, like if you're going to hate it, like that's cool. <laughs> we, at least we did the best we possibly could. I remember there was a show we played. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. In Texas, when we were, like, really, um, still, like, this was a few years ago, so we weren't playing very big shows. We played this hardcore show. And, uh... I mean, we played the best we could, man. We played a good set. We were we were pretty tight. I felt really good about it. And, like, I looked up before we played, and there were probably, like, 20-something people in there. And then, like, by the time we got done with, like, the third song, I think there were five people in the room. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> I mean, we're, this is the best that we can do, man. We're, we're uh, I think we're killing it right now. We're just, <laughs> you just don't like it. Totally. Fine. Yeah, like we're 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 trying over here. Like there's yeah, <laughs> there's no it's shortage of effort. Either. Yeah, it's, um, it's not about it. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, in a world where everyone is confined to their homes, society begins its largest bin watch to date. In the hallowed library of Hulu, or perhaps on a shelf of DVDs you haven't looked at in a decade, is a show that perfectly encapsulates life in the early aughts and launched a friendship that would inspire millions. Hi. 
I'm Zach Braff. And I'm Donald Faison. In 2001, we starred in Scrubs, a sitcom that revealed a glimpse of what it was like to survive a medical internship. As Turk and JD, we explored guy love. Nearly 20 years later, a lot has changed. We're not supermen, but we're still best friends. Eh. Given the mandatory lockdown, there's no better time to relive the series that brought us together in the first place. And we're doing it with a podcast. That's right, people. We're going to bring friends and crew members and fellow cast members and writers. And and guess what? We're going to even invite some of you to call into the podcast and ask all the questions you want of the entire Sacred Heart staff. Join us for Fake Doctors, Real Friends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. No, that's, <laughs> I, I like that. I, I mean, yeah, you do at a certain point, like you, you start to be able to pick up people that understand where you're coming from. And I think that when you are a band, like what you guys do, you inspire a reaction, you know, either extremely positive or extremely negative. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, that is a, a crucial piece of creating art like if you're not creating a reaction then you know you're just falling right in the middle it's no one cares yeah you definitely don't want to um like just put something out that's just going to sit in the middle and you know never do anything you know like just kind of be something that someone noticed and it's just nothing in their in their mind you know at least if someone sees us and they absolutely hate it and someone mentions us they can be like oh yeah i fucking hated that band it's like obnoxious and this and that like awesome <laughs> that's fine or or the opposite you know like um when people come up to us and tell us that they really like it i'm always just incredibly grateful because i know it's you know, we, we do get thrown on really random bills and i don't understand who's out there listening you know and so every every person that tells us that they like it i'm just like fuck yeah like we got, we got another one <laughs> yeah there's another one in our tribe um yeah so as you started to get out there and tour, um, do you like touring? Um, cause I know some people have a mixed relationship with it where they understand it's, you know, part of getting your band out there. And then some people, uh, you just don't like it because of the, um, you know, they're natural introverts or whatever. So like, where do you sit on the spectrum? I, um, I do feel a little introverted. So the social aspect of touring is a little, um, it's, it's really nice, but it, it takes me a minute to kind of, to get into the groove, you know, like I always feel, uh, really, um, nervous to meet like the other bands that we're touring with, but every single time we go out, I almost feel like I make like 15 best friends. So everybody we've ever toured with has been really, really awesome. Um, so I do love that. I love meeting, um, meeting a bunch of new people and, and seeing all the, the sites like traveling is one of my favorite things in the world. Shows, shows are super fun i just feel like i get like um i don't know how to handle like talking to a bunch of people at once you know then like i was sure. selling merch for a long time so tour was a a little bit more more stressful but since we've kind of brought someone else to do that like i get to uh take take a decompression break right after we play for like five minutes and made all the difference in the world i mean i love it as a whole for sure it's my favorite thing in the world like you get to play music every day you hang out with your friends every day you're seeing a new city every day like when you have money for the first week and try out a bunch of local restaurants <laughs> <it's awesome. laughs> totally and then you realize you can't because it's week two and you don't have any more money <laughs> yep totally yeah you're like run into that yeah. wall right but i mean yeah i, I kind of like the chaos of it you know like i sure. kind of um 
there's, there's a part of me that really gravitates toward towards a bunch of chaos. Um, so I, I do tend to really like it, even when it's a bit frustrating, you know, when bands break down or shows get canceled, or you get stuck or any of that kind of stuff. Like it's frustrating, but it's not one of those things that you, it comes with the territory, you know, but a lot of things about touring that suck, like the heat and cold, it just comes with it. You kind of learn to be like, well, this is just how it is tonight. Hopefully it'll be better in the morning. Yep. No, totally. Yeah. It's all, I mean, touring, even though it's not real life, it is a microcosm of real life because then you're, yeah. you know, you're experiencing all of the things, the highs and lows that people experience on any given day, you know, even if it's, because most people don't realize that they haven't been on tour that, you know, it's painfully boring and routine. Like you're just doing oh, yeah. a lot of driving and like you're hanging out in places you don't know anybody. And like, yeah, it's, you know, it's not as glamorous as obviously people, you know, commonly think about. Parking lots are only so fun. Yeah. So long. <laughs> totally. You, know, like, you can only throw the, the Frisbee around. Yeah. <laughs> totally. When you're like, you be here at the venue at two o'clock, the show's not till nine. You're like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do for the next seven hours? Like, Right. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a lot of time to kill, and uh, yeah, I don't have any way to kill it because it doesn't seem like we're near anything to like go walk there. I've, yeah, I've started to um, bring things with me to make tours more um, more enjoyable and and more productive. Like I uh, I do some graphic design work on the side here and there with with bands, and I've gotten into the habit to try and pick up projects right before we leave so that I have something to do. Like in my downtime, when I'm sitting around, I can just pull my laptop out and start photoshopping for a while. And sure, be I really productive. like that. Yeah, and it gives me like I don't have anywhere else to be. I don't have anything else to do. Like I'm not, you know, bailing on anybody by doing this for four hours. Like I'm actually just enjoying myself for a while. You know, I'm bringing some books and stuff. And um, a friend of mine just told me a tip to bring a hammock. On the next one, so that might Ooh, change that's a good. for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, get a I'm comfortable, really get a comfortable that. spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot, a lot has been, you know, spoken about. Uh, you know, of your first, of your last LP. You know, talking because clearly the focus of it was, you know, the drug epidemic and you know opioids and how that stuff has affected your community and how it's affected, you know, your own personal life. Um you know, you yourself, like, did you just basically kind of see the experiences that people had with, uh, drugs and drug abuse and just kind of like lean on those experiences. So you didn't fall into it or like, how did that kind of, you know, how did you kind of stay above it in uh, many respects from that perspective? Um, I mean, honestly, it just, uh, it, it just kind of scared the hell out of me, you know, cause my mom, being as honest as she was growing up, like she told me, uh, all the time, like you have, uh, you have addictive genes, you know? So if you do some of this stuff, like you're probably really, really going to like it and you're probably going to end up with a problem. Like, so just think about that. Like, um, and then I was kind of stuck with me and my mom also knowing, uh, what she did growing up and how she really wasn't told, uh, the right things here and there. Um, sometimes she would just assume that like I was already in the middle of doing stupid shit, like smoking cigarettes when you're like nine or, or something like that. Like I didn't, I didn't do any of that, but my mom would sometimes make like, 
jokes about I'm already doing that or like just kind of check me and see. And I'd be like, always kind of, I was kind of frustrated when she would do that. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm smarter than that. Like, doing that dumb shit. So there was a part of me, I guess, that always like wanted to keep that up too. You know, like I didn't even, it wasn't even until I really started like going out with my friends that I realized like, oh, well, I'm like 20 years old. Like I can have drinks with my friends. It's fine. But, um, as far as anything like hard like that, it's just, it always, it always scared me. I never realized like, or understood like why, uh, why people would want to do that. It wasn't until I got older that I realized how people got, um, involved in that almost involuntarily sometimes. And, you know, I, I became really compassionate with be- about it because I had seen so much of my family and, and friends and, um, be affected by it. And it was always a topic of conversation, you know, in some form or another. So it just was always around. So I always was associated with the negative effects of it. You know, I wasn't watching people get high and thinking that, uh, it was fun. It wasn't fun for me, you know? Sure. So, I just, I already knew what I would look like, you know, like seeing someone all strung out on pills. Like I already know what I would look like and how I would be acting. And I hated it. I hated seeing that kind of behavior. So I didn't want to put myself through that. Sure. Yeah. You saw, yeah. You saw the kind of writing on the wall and you saw the experience that people had with it and it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't glamorized at all. No, and I mean, I was like a little kid sometimes and and see, and noticing and understanding what was going on and being like, you know, fearful of it as a child. So it was a really deep-rooted kind of like gut feeling that I was not, um, not a fan of. So I just, it never, it just never interested me to, to do anything that I, I deemed was like actually super harmful, you know, like I'm not straight edge by any means, but I'm not one of those it just never was uh, appealing to me to, to chemically alter like my brain too much like that, sure. you know, like, because yeah. that's what all, most of that stuff is. It's so powerfully mind altering. Like it, it gets you hooked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the, that's the point. Um, the, the, this kind of is a little uh, sort of big picture, but uh, you know, the idea that, you know, you guys are definitely on a smaller tier of bands and, you know, getting out there and touring, like, you know, you guys are hardworking and you take all the opportunities that you get, but you know, there's this weird kind of competitive nature that exists with bands where it's like, Oh man, that one band got that tour. I wish we would have got that or whatever. Um, you know, do you kind of like, have you noticed that? Do you find that in yourself? Is it just, you know, kind of, uh, uh, the function of the business as it were. Um, you know, I- I'm just curious from your perspective, cause obviously you guys are trying to get out there as much as you possibly can. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting cause now that we're like kind of in it and can see the inner workings of, of some of it, it, it makes you understand, um, how some of these things get put together. So, I mean, yeah, our mutual friend, Tom, like he manages us, but Tom's also not a booking agent, you know? So Tom will help us as much as he can, but like, because we don't have a booking agent, we're not really getting some of the uh, opportunities as quickly and stuff as some of the other bands. And it's because they have someone that that's their exact job. Um, And it's interesting because like, we have to be super grateful for everything that we do get, because it is kind of like people like making sure that we can be a part of this thing. And it's, super awesome to have people in our corner that hard that let us 
get on the tours that we can get on. It's, it's super sweet. Um, I think um, it's, it's just part of it, I guess. Like you have to cut your teeth in certain ways to uh, and talk to the right people and find the right person for certain jobs. And we just haven't like, I got, you know, I guess gotten there yet. Sure. Um, but I don't really, I don't get frustrated too much about it. I do understand it's just kind of our course, you know, like we've done everything our way and like people are doing everything that they can for us. So, you know, it just is where it is. But I mean, there's a bunch of cool stuff going to happen. So I'm, I'm definitely not upset. Like I know, I know sure. what's on the horizon. So like it, it, the question is kind of uh, interesting to get asked right now because if I'd been asked probably a few months ago, I probably would have had that. Had a different experience. <laughs> right. Without a positive tale. Yeah. Sure. Because I wasn't, wasn't aware, but, um, no, there's, there's cool things in the works. I think that we're about to be a lot more active and stuff. So um, I'm I'm super hopeful and super excited about uh, the stuff that's coming. But so when I see bands um, getting on tours now, I don't ever really like put it, um, especially if we didn't even get like, if we weren't even talked about like in, in the putting together of that tour, like I, I just get stoked. Like, I'm trying to see like if a tour is coming near Louisville and if I'll be home so I can maybe go catch it. You know, like if my friends are coming through that I haven't seen in a while, you know, I'd like to go go see them. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I, I understand. Right. Yeah. It's like, it, obviously it's all about perspective and the idea that, yeah. you know, even getting brought up like, in these conversations for tours, you're excited about. So yeah, you can't. Yeah. 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 Right. I understand. I feel like jealousy is something that, um, that would really kind of start to bury you if you were really, really stuck in that, like with music, you know, like you kind of have to be supportive because if you start really getting uh, in into the weeds on wishing and being entitled and, you know, kind of thinking, Oh, we should have got that over that band because of X, Y, and Z, or, you know, we got more likes than them or like, man, like it's, that's so arbitrary. Like things are what they are. And like when you get the opportunities that are yours, like, take them but if you didn't even get the opportunity like be happy for for who did sure yeah, yeah no i understand what you're saying that's cool it's a that's a good way to look at things like not only with the band but just you know life in general <laughs> yeah. uh, the uh, last thing i want to hit on was the fact that you know i mean clearly the band isn't your sole source of living and you know you guys build your life around the band to where you can tour and you can be you know kind of mobile and duck back into your lives at home and stuff like that so you know like what do you what do you personally do you know at home to obviously you know pay your bills and stuff like that it's kind of funny because if you ask three of us we're all gonna say the same thing (laughs) we um we work with Ethan's uh, stepdad. We work at an auction house here in uh, Jeffersonville. Oh, nice. Indiana, right across the bridge. Uh, and um, I uh, pretty much just take pictures of stuff all day, for the most part. Um, they call me a director of photography up here, some fancy way of saying <laughs> I take pictures of junk. Sure, yes. <laughs> Bringing people to, like, like, we'll go in into a house and, you know, take the stuff that we think is valuable and we'll catalog it here and throw it online and it'll auction. Um, and we have auctions every week and people come to come up every Monday and it's pretty cool. Like nine to five. And, and then you guys can just, living. you guys can just basically, you know, take off for when you have tours and then come back and you got a, you got a gig. Yeah. That's, that's the beautiful part is he's, he's just honestly incredibly supportive of uh, what we're doing even though he employs all three like three of us three out of the four of us 
Minik and uh, Ethan, it still baffles me how supportive he is. Like the the man would go out of his way for us. Uh, just yeah, he loses three. He loses three employees when he goes on when he yeah, goes on tour. We only have like we only have like ten like on our <laughs> in our whole business. So like when we leave, it's it's pretty pretty big. But he still is just you know he understands this is this is our grind. Like the, the business is his and he's in it hundred percent and he understands that this is ours and he's talking to us all the time about how to try and be smart and, um, you know, bottle up on phone calls and emails and make sure like you're responding to people like to take this stuff super seriously because if this is your thing, like you have to, uh, and it's awesome to have an adult that's around, not that we're not adults, but you know what I mean? Like a, a parent who's, around us every day who's also like very encouraging you know he's he's one of the most positive people i've ever met but being around that kind of attitude all the time is also really sweet sure yeah it rubs it rubs off on you because it's like oh that's great yeah 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 it's nice <laughs> no, i like it's... it i get to wake up every day um and and pretty much do what what, what i want to do my, my job is something i enjoy when i get off work i Photoshop, and then whenever I'm not doing that, we do Gray Haven. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good. That's a decent gig right now. Things are things are all right. Sure, right yeah. now it's a good bet. It's a good balance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, thank you so much for letting me uh, pick your brain. I really enjoyed this uh, this chat. Oh, so man, this awesome. that's yeah, good. Awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yes, great chat. Thank you very much, Brent. Thank you very much to his manager, Tom Williams, who is just a spectacular human being. Thanks for teeing up this idea, and I was glad that we were able to do that. Next week, we have a, a banger of an episode. Anthony from Ceremony, uh, he comes on the show. They just released a spectacular record on Relapse Records called Into the Spirit World, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, all I know is the record is really, really good. And Anthony approached me with the idea of coming on the show. And I was like, heck yeah, let's do this. And I discovered a lot that I did not know about him, which is, of course, the whole reason that the show exists, right? Um, Yeah. So like I always tell you, please be safe, everybody. And I'll see you next week. And special shout out to Sonos, who is, they just make the best speakers around. And you can set them up. Within five minutes of opening the box and connect them to your Wi-Fi speaker and or your Wi-Fi network and it will be all dialed in. Go to Sonos.com and you can learn about their entire product line, but I love them very much. My son loves them. Yeah. And there's no reason that you shouldn't introduce a few into your life. Okay. Thank you, Sonos. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, JabberjawMedia.com. Shh. Hey, Miles. Yes. It's Jack from work. Yes. Hi. Did you know that we host a daily news and culture podcast where people can I go to get caught up on what is yes. happening? Are you? Yes. Are you confused about that? You're talking about the Daily Zeitgeist. I just to wanted show to that make sure you knew and that everybody knew that you could listen to us every day, twice a day, talk about what is happening and they could learn everything without feeling the life drain from their soul yeah i think at the daily zeitgeist we like to give people a balance of just enough news that they feel informed and just enough laughs that they're not overwhelmed and can have a decent day after listening so guys listen to the daily zeitgeist on the iHeartRadio app apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are given away for free the show is sponsored by better help 
Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.